What's up, everybody? Dan Urban here along with Scott Fontana, and we're the Couchside Judges. We're a little more than a week away from the planned return of MMA action at UFC 249, but we'll save that for next week. This episode is all about one of the most controversial losses in the career of one of my all-time favorite fighters, straight out of Stockton, Nick Diaz. In past judgment, we're going to spotlight his interim UFC welterweight title loss to Carlos Condit. Yeah, Dan, that went down as a divisive unanimous decision back in 2012. But we're going to give Diaz Condit another look and judge it using our trademark couchside judges scoring system. Let's see if the result might have been more clear using our criteria. I haven't watched the fight in eight years, so I was curious to see it again with fresh eyes after all this time. So I'm pretty sure most listeners could guess how Dan saw the fight that night. But I actually went the other way and agreed with the judges that Condit did enough to win. Other than being a Diaz brothers homer, Dan, why else did you think that Nick should have gotten the victory? Well, first of all, uh, me and you had a $10 bet on that fight. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, that weighed heavy <laughs> in my decision. I had Diaz, you had Condit, obviously. I was I was definitely getting the better of you in these uh, early 2010s MMA bets. Yeah. But uh, at the time, I really didn't think leg kicks were all that effective in general. I felt Condit did a lot of running, and I don't think he fought like the natural-born killer that we're, we were used to seeing. Um, he had three straight finishes. I mean, I was expecting a more aggressive fighter. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely agree on the third point, that I was expecting a much more aggressive fighter than what we saw that night eight years ago. But Condit, I was really impressed with the way he approached this fight, which which we'll get to in a minute. But I think I probably saw it the same way the judges were seeing it, which was the leg kicks and and especially his ability to escape the situation where he would be backed up against the cage, reset, and and then kind of go right back to it and, and, and start kicking. You know, he was he was never running away from him. He was resetting. It wasn't, this wasn't Caleb Starnes running away and not looking to, to get into it. He was actually just saying, okay, we're going to put it over here because I don't want to have my back at the cage. Yeah. But he kept getting back down. You got to remember back then aggressiveness and cage control were actually uh, scored almost as even as striking and grappling. I don't know that they were supposed to, but they kind of were, you're right. But yeah, I mean, it, if anything, the strikes should have still weighed more, you know. I think even back then they should have weighed more. That was then. This is now. Let's get into past judgment. Obviously, we both watched the fight again a couple times to prep for this episode and have fresh thoughts and observations. So Dan's going to remind you guys how the CSJ scoring system works. It's very similar to what's in the ABC's guidelines, which is used by most commissions. But we have a few key differences. We dropped aggressiveness and area control as tiebreakers when effective striking and grappling are even. This allows for more frequent 10-10 rounds. A 10-9 round for us is one in which a fighter had a small but noticeable advantage. A 10-8 is a round that clearly and solidly is won by one of the fighters. A 10-7 is a dominant and overwhelming round. All this allows for more diverse round scores without blowing up the entire 10-point must system. Quickly, Scott, give us the background on Diaz Condit. So this was the headliner of UFC 143. It was at Mandalay Bay in Vegas on February 4, 2012. Diaz was supposed to face uh, George St. Pierre for the welterweight title originally, but GSP tore his ACL. So Condit stepped in about two months before, uh, and they made this an interim title fight. Condit was actually supposed to face Josh Koscheck, so he moved up on the card from that. 
both men actually had been welterweight champs in other major organizations before this. Diaz was in Strike Force and WEC, and Condit just in WEC. And Diaz was actually the first WEC welterweight champ, while Condit was the last champ before the division folded. That's right. That's right. The judges for this one: Junichiro Camillo, Patricia Morse Jarman, and Cecil Peoples. Referee: Steve Matsugati. So round one. Dan, start it off by telling me what you scored this round if our, using our criteria. I gave this round 10-9 to Diaz. Okay, so I actually went the other way with 10-9 Condit. All right. Now, my rationale was that he was landing all those hard leg kicks, Condit was, uh, and that, for me, was really the story of the round. I, I did almost go Diaz, though, I have to admit. He had opened you know, that little cut underneath Condit's right eye late in the round, and you know, he, was, he was doing some good work. But I just didn't think it was as snappy as some of those leg kicks that were really accumulating from Condit. I could even understand kind of a 10-10, like I said, maybe 10-9 Diaz, but, but not as strong an argument. So tell me, why did you go that way, though? I actually thought the kicks weren't as effective as you do. I okay. thought they were more, because they were all single strikes for a lot of the round. Sure, I mean, that's leg kicks. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I, I felt Condit failed to follow up on them more. And Diaz, he never even checked them. It didn't seem like he even reacted to any of them. He just kept walking them down, landing some good strikes that I thought gave him the round. And the and the cut under the right eye was really the selling point for me. Okay. Yeah, I, I think the first time I actually watched this again recently, not not at the time, but the first time I watched it again recently, I did think I kind of leaned Diaz 10-9 there, and in part because of that cut under the eye, but I think I was ended up giving a little too much weight to it because the the leg kicks, I mean, there were just so many of them being thrown. He was, and the fact that he wasn't checking them, I mean, he was absorbing a ton of strikes, uh, Diaz was. So I just, I had to go that way upon rewatch. So, you know, but this is, this was a really close round. I can understand why scores would be different here. Right. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know how effective a strike is if a guy just completely ignores defending it and doesn't appear affected by it at all. I'll say this, and you can't know this in the moment because it's just five minutes of time and we haven't gone to the future to see what they what accumulation would do to Diaz. But as we found out later, at least to me, it looked like that those kicks really did start adding up and altering the way Diaz was able to fight. Um, but again, you're just judging round one, so you can't know that in the moment. Nick was selling it well, I'll have to say, in this round. It, it, it was hard to tell how much it was really doing. But I think once, you, once you've gotten to the point where you've landed as many leg kicks as Condit did, it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is quite a bit. <laughs> I just want to say that these leg kicks, while they may have been you know, medium strength, they were no Jose Aldo leg kicks. They weren't you know, Henderson leg kicks. They were more jabbish to me. Oh, I thought they were much harder than jabs. They, you know, they weren't, you're right. They were not at that level, but I'll tell you what, let's get into the numbers game here. Not that this weighed into how I judged the fight or judged the round, but let's look at these stats of the round that kind of stood out for me. First, let's, let's go with significant strikes landed to the head. Comparing the two against each other, Diaz won that battle in the first round 14 to seven. So, you know, from that standpoint, certainly supports you going 10-9 that way. Body work was, was similar, but significant strikes to the legs. Condit had the advantage 16-1. to 1. He landed 16 leg strikes in that round. Right, but a lot of them, he he's moving backwards. He's not throwing anything after it. 
But they're landing. I mean, that's a lot of landed strikes. I, I got to yeah. give more weight to the head and body. I mean, that's fine. If you want to go that way, I, like I said, I kind of understand your perspective on, on Diaz because I, I leaned that way the first time I watched it too. But I feel very good having watched it a second time that this was a continent round and that that's the way to score it. But again, it's, it's one that you can at least I can understand why you'd go one or the other. Were there any significant moments kind of from the round that maybe made you lean toward Diaz? Like anything specific stand out? I didn't have anything specific this round other than I, I more noticed that the light kicks appeared to do nothing to him. That's pretty much the the story of it. And, and I went the other way. I thought the there was, again, no single moment that kind of stood out. It was it was kind of just one of those tactical battles that no, no one was really finding anything real significant in a one or two shot combo there. But the accumulation of the leg kicks, I mean, how could you not notice it? That was that was how it was going for me anyway. Right, he threw a ton of them. The judges, for the record, all three saw it conned its way, 10-9. So you're in the minority in this. But my understanding is that the folks uh, who like to contribute on MMA decisions saw this as a Diaz round. So you're you're in good company with a sect of people too. All right, Scott, round two. How'd you see that one? Are we still in uh, disagreement? Well, I had 10-9 Diaz, and uh, I can't imagine you went the other way. No, I also had 10-9 Diaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So what were you thinking? Yeah, I felt Condit was still trying to put it together. He's still not in his rhythm yet. I think Diaz's pressure may be throwing him off a bit. Seems like he's throwing a lot of, you know, single strikes at a time, a combo here and there. But I felt Diaz landed pretty solidly to the head and body. I thought Diaz uh, was trapping Condit a lot better at the cage, which is what he's really looking for, you know? Um, so that really played into it. Better volume with the punches for sure. Yeah, Condit, he is still landing his leg kicks. It wasn't as noticeably disproportionate, I thought, in this round. He definitely landed less, I think, this round. I can see a small argument for Condit here. This is this isn't like a like a definite Diaz round here, but I I feel good about giving this one to Diaz. Yeah, I actually think this this was Diaz, and I I, I kind of don't see an argument uh or a big argument anyway for Condit. Every round, I would like to kind of just break down the advantages in significant strikes to the head and significant strikes to the legs. Now this is just landed that we're, that I'm going to be talking about. So the first round we, we knew Diaz had an advantage in the head and Condit had the advantage to the legs in this round. It was more disparate for Diaz. He actually outlanded to the head 19 to nine and Condit only outlanded to the legs 11 to one, which, you know, still a big difference. But once you're seeing Diaz land as many punches upstairs, uh, land as many strikes upstairs in general that really started to stand out for me i think those numbers tell a good story there what do you think yeah i think so for sure the head head strikes weigh a lot man they can end a fight they do they do typically diaz isn't landing a one punch not that he can't but typically it's it's more the volume and the accumulation and but but now we're starting to see that a little more in this round so that's why I, that's part of why i really went his way is that you, you saw the volume starting to come both to the body and to the head uh, were there any moments that kind of stood out in this round? Uh, yeah, the one moment that stood out for me is Condit's against the cage, and Diaz is right on him. Just He threw maybe like six body shots right against the cage where Condit was able to circle out of there. I was thinking the same thing. That one really jumped out at me. And, it, and the funny thing was, it was just as Joe Rogan was saying that Condit had been avoiding such a situation like <laughs> throughout most of the fight, and all of a sudden he finds himself there. It's yep. like, well, thanks, Joe. You, you really cursed Condit there. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a good combo for sure. 
So at this point now, our scores, Dan's got Diaz up 20 to 18. I've got 19 all. Uh, the judges for this round at that night, Morse Jarman and Peoples had 10-9 for Condit. And so they both have Condit up 20 to 18. And then Camillo has Diaz 10-9 in this round. So he's got it knotted up just the same way I do. Yeah, I'll be I'll be talking about those other two a bit later. All right, sure. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> so Dan, let's let's move on to round three though. How did you have it? Do we agree here? Uh, let's let's find out. I want to know. I have ten nine Condit. Yeah, same. So you finally went uh went to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I had now, to. The, the reason I went Condit, and maybe it's very similar to you, is that the light kicks really started to pile up big here. Conant's movement was preventing being trapped, and it was limiting Diaz's offense, um, which in and of itself isn't what's winning him the round, but it is, it's very clear that he's starting to put his game plan together in a way that's limiting his opponent's ability to do the same. Um, Diaz still had his moments, but there was that little mouse that you started to see under uh, Diaz's right eye kind of midway through the round, so there was even some immediate impact and damage for you. Yeah, I totally thought Conda was finally putting it together countering really nice the thing with the leg kicks this round that i scored them a little more is because he was actually building off of them he was adding strike he'd land a leg kick followed by something he was setting it up a much better i felt it increased the effectiveness of his strikes you know i almost wonder if what he was trying to do there in the first couple rounds was he was just kind of probing with the leg kicks in a, in a way and in, in a sense of just kind of seeing how does diaz react you know how much can i get away with if I go and, and try to follow up with another striker, because you did see some timidity in a lot of his other attacks Condit in the first couple rounds, but here you started to see him find his groove for sure. Yeah. This round he started really getting things going. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I couldn't tell if it was a mouse or if it was, or if he was actually cut, but I knew there was damage there. So that, that helped uh, the case for Condit. At this point, it's just a mouse, but I think, I, I think in the next round, actually uh, that's yeah. In the next round, is when you started to see that open up. So there was bleeding, okay. but it, it wasn't, that was not until the next round. Stats of the round, though, I, I definitely, Diaz, he's still got the edge in significant strikes to the head, but it's only 13 to 10. So now you're starting to see, as you said, Condit's looking to go upstairs a little bit more. Uh, and Condit is still attacking the legs voraciously, a 15 to 1 edge there. Uh, so now he's landed double digit strikes to the legs in three consecutive rounds. There's no way those don't pile up. I don't care if you think they're jabs or not. Those are He's definitely a limited fighter at this point. I don't know if he's limited. I would say maybe he's recognizing it more. But hindered. He's, hindered. He's, he's still not checking it, and I don't I don't see any effects really yet. I See, I disagree. I think that's what we were really starting to see with the fact that Diaz wasn't able to kind of cut him off and trap him that way. You know, Condit was able to move and reset, and that's where... If Diaz could move around a little more, maybe he could have prevented that a little better. Yeah, I, I didn't see that. Yeah. Agree to disagree, my friend. But what was there any moment that kind of jumped out for you? You obviously went Condit here, so I imagine it was a Condit thing. Yeah, I saw uh, Condit landed a nice three-strike combo, which ended with a leg kick. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there was the right body kick. It might have been blocked. I couldn't really tell. Followed by the right straight and then the left outside kick to the thigh, right? Is that the one you mean? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it was about 70 seconds left in the round. That was where you really started to see Condit. He was really feeling it at that point, I think. And and I think the crowd started to notice in a much bigger way than they had before. Right. So cumulative scores at this point. Dan, you have Diaz up 29-28. And I have it the other way, Condit 29-28. Yeah, how did the judges have it? 
the judges, we had Morse Jarman and Peoples both went Diaz 10-9 here. I'll have something to say about that, too. <laughs> and then Camillo went 10-9, just like you and I, for Condit. So, but all three judges now have 29-28 Condit, even though they had completely different scores. We're all at the same place. <laughs> all except for you. I guess you're Diaz, but it was all 29-28. <laughs> all right, Scott, round four. How'd you see this one? Championship rounds, and, and I at this point, Condit's really clicking here, so I gave it 10-8 to him, actually. I went a little bigger. What about you? I saw it 10-8 as well for Condit. Yeah, yeah, I think you have to, right? Yeah, this was a, a clear round for him. Uh, I felt Condit landed really well this round. A lot of combinations, you know, good leg kicks still, of course. And Diaz, really, he just wasn't moving. He wasn't landing. Uh, his movement, to me, was limited by the kicks, and he couldn't trap Condit at all. That was, if you can't trap him, he's not really going to be able to land that well, Diaz. Yeah, you know what? This is actually one of the rounds where you see immediate impact from one of the leg strikes. Yes. It lands flush on the knee, and his knee buckles a little bit. Yes, so I remember that. I'm like, all right, that's a leg kick. But but you know what? It's His leg kicks are very similar to Diaz volume punching, where it just adds up over time. I don't know that that one leg kick was any harder than the leg kicks he was throwing in round one. I mean, excuse me, in round one. I think it was perfect placement, too. It was right on the knee. You're right. I will give you that, too. But, I mean, there's something to be said about the fact that at this point, he's been kicked in the legs almost 60 times. Right. The thing is, with these guys, especially nowadays, they're in such great shape that a, a volume of head strikes is going to end a fight before a volume of leg strikes. Oh, no question. I wouldn't debate that, but <laughs> it's it's still making a difference. Right, but that's why I give the edge to the head. Sure, I, I wouldn't debate that too hard either, but uh, you know, I think I think if you see such a disparity in one area that you really got to understand, hey, this is something's happening here. And if Diaz is just ignoring this, that just because he's ignoring it doesn't mean it's not bad for him maybe he's just saying i don't care i'm just gonna push through yeah i mean that's totally possible i mean that guy he has that kind of attitude for sure Uh, and i should also point out another reason why you can kind of give a little bit of points to condit here is the fact that he did open up that mask we were talking about uh under the right eye so it's bleeding now not not heavily but there's some blood trickling and it's some some very clear damage and impact that you can see he was still pressuring now he just wasn't effective with it well, he was, he still, was still, Nick, still trying. Yeah. yeah, he was still coming forward and, and trying make it look like uh, he's doing something, I guess. But he nothing effective there. Yeah, that Clear doesn't round. work for us. Not not for our scoring. Uh, and to kind of underscore that point, Condit has now taken the edge in significant strikes to the head in this round, thirteen to two. So there's a big disparity, even to the head in this round there was you just didn't see you know you still had good body work from from diaz as you did consistently in every round same from condit but there just wasn't the same level of success to the head yeah this is a this was a, a larger margin of victory for this round yeah. and condit to just to go over it again his significant strikes to the leg landed 17 to 1 so still four rounds in a row where he's landed double digit leg strikes any moments stand out for you sir so after that knee buckling kick diaz goes for a takedown yeah <laughs> he, do- he doesn't get it and seems to say like kind of ah, all right we'll go on to the next round this round's a lost cause the fact that he's going for these takedowns in this round tells me too that he is not liking the way the striking is going in this fight or at least at this point in the fight right so i thought that that it was a very telling moment 
even just the fact that he went for the takedown at all. Um, but for me, the big moment, it was this combo that Condit landed again. There's about 90 seconds to go in the round, and he go, goes for this lunging jab followed by a left outside thigh kick, and then he goes upstairs for the right high kick. It was a pretty combo. It was, it was really good. It landed very well. Not that we're scoring points on beauty, but it looked like a very effective combo to me. Yeah, he's 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 got his rhythm down. Striking edge completely goes to Condit at the moment. And now, for cumulative scores, then at this point, you have Diaz losing the fight with Condit up 38-37, to 37, right? Yeah, 38-37 for Condit. And then I have 39-36 Condit. So on my score card in our scoring format, Diaz needs a finish or at least to get close to one to even get a draw, whereas you just got Diaz down a point going into the final round. Correct. Uh, the, the judges that night, all three saw it for Condit. I think that's the only thing they could have done. They would have been crazy to do anything else. Yep, no issues um, there and, for me. No, for sure. Uh, so at this point, all three judges have 39-37 Condit. Diaz needing a finish for all intents and purposes. Round five, final round here. Dan, how do you see it? 10-9 for Diaz. Okay, so you have uh, you haven't going back to him. Interesting. I went... 10-10, though. And I know this is probably going to be a little controversial here, not picking a winner of the round, especially because it was so eventful. But for me, Condit was still going really heavy on the kicks to both the legs and the head here. So I thought it, it was a really solid round for Condit for the first 3 minutes, 40 seconds or so. Then Diaz gets the takedown, takes the back, body triangle, working for the rear naked, uh, can't quite get it under the chin, but he's going over the face here. You know, he's, he's trying to go for it, but I think Condit is defending pretty well. Uh, he switches to the arm bar in kind of the last 10 seconds as a, as a bit of a Hail Mary, but Condit slipped out pretty quickly uh, before it was locked on. So uh, it's it's tough. It's tough to, to figure you had some good grappling at the end, really effective grappling, but you also had what I consider to be some very effective striking for the majority of the round. I had difficulty picking here, so I went 10-10. There's no question Condit had the striking advantage in this round, but I did not think it was that far of an edge where it evens out to a guy who has the most dominant position in a fight for that long. For a minute and a half, Diaz has his back with hooks in, and he's attacking a rear naked choke. There's a misconception about the rear naked choke. Just because you tuck your chin doesn't mean you can't go to sleep. Oh, sure. Now, while Diaz, it was a little higher on the chin than it had to be for that, it was much higher on the chin for me. It looked like it was kind of like almost above the mouth. So the thing is, the way Condit's defending, he's already off the top arm. He's just trying to, to slide the choking arm over the face. Both hands are committed to that. So that tells me that the thing is locked in. It just He's just got to get his head out. I don't understand why this wasn't counted as a sub-attempt. should definitely be a sub-attempt. I mean, I can, I can grant you that it was a sub-attempt, or it should have been considered a sub-attempt by UFC stats, which is not for some reason. But it just didn't look very close to me, and I didn't really want to score it that well. So based on the fact that it didn't look as close to a finish as as, as it could have been, I just had a tough time picking a winner from it. But I understand Diaz 10-9 here. I think I would probably have had a tougher time giving it to Condit outright than giving it to Diaz. So, you know... These judges are essentially told, pick a winner of a, of a round. Don't do a 10-10. So if it was me and you told me you can't do 10-10, I would probably have said 10-90 is as well. Although it may not have been close, it still had to be defended or else it would have been way close. 
Oh, sure. No. So, I mean, he, it was effective. That's, a, to that's it. effective. It's effective offense, no question. Uh, but I just I thought that Condit's offense was also effective for, again, almost four minutes of the round striking. Stats of the round, though, were one more time update you on the significant strikes to the head. Condit won that edge once again, 13 to 9. But the kicks, because there was that last minute where they weren't striking anymore, Condit only won significant strikes to the leg 9 to 2. So this was the first and only round in which he didn't land double-digit kicks to the legs. So what was the moment for you? Any memorable moments there? I mean, obviously it's the <laughs> takedown. Like it has to be the takedown where he gets, you know, he locks around the waist from behind, drags him down, gets the back take. And, and there's a real opportunity for Nick Diaz to take this fight, even though on the judges cards, he's losing. He doesn't know this, but he is. Condit, I thought just, he just defended too well, but that was the moment. It's gotta be right. That's probably the most significant moment of the whole fight in my eyes. <sighs> uh, it's debatable. It's the most memorable moment of the entire fight. It is, but it wasn't representative of the fight we saw either. No, but also also on the takedown, it was a bit interesting. It didn't seem like he just dragged him down. If you look, Nick's left leg or left foot is on the heel of Condit's left foot, so it was almost like a trip as he's dragging him. Because oh, okay. it, it felt like Condit went down like really easy. It did look really easy. I missed that then. So I'm, that think, I'm thinking he, he did some something with his left leg to trip him or, or keep him... Like that. That could have been. That's a crafty little takedown, though. So, cumulative score, then, you have this as a draw, 47-47. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like a draw to you? It felt like a draw to me. It was a really okay. close fight overall, I think. All right. I had 49-46 Condit. I have to say, it felt closer than that score, but I feel perfectly okay giving Condit the victory eight years later after I did it the first time. The judges that night, though, Morse Jarman and Cecil Peoples, both gave 10-9 to Condit in the final round, which I I don't really see as much. I, I Like I said, you can kind of give it as a... I gave it as a bit of a tie, but I do understand you giving it to Diaz, which is what Camillo did. And this ended up with cumulative scores from Morse Jarman and Peoples of 49-46, same as me, but in a much different route than I would have taken to get there. Their scores are ridiculous. <laughs> Real quick, we'll, we'll jump into that for a sec, but I just want to give you uh, Kamija's final score was 48-47 Condit. So he had it much closer, but just, again, still all three went Condit's way. So please, please give us your thoughts on Morse Jarman and Peoples. All right, so Patricia Morse Jarman and Cecil Peoples had absolute dumpster fires to score cards. <laughs> There's no way you give Carlos Condit round two. There's no way you give Nick Diaz round three. And I just don't see how you can give Carlos Condit round five. I can live with a 10-10, but they can't give 10-10s. Right. The only way they should be able to go here is 10-9 Diaz. Now, that doesn't give him the win. No. He would still lose 48-47, but that's a more deserving score. So then you would say that Junichiro Camillo's scorecard was pretty much as good as, as it could get without being exactly what you thought. I can't argue with it. I mean, round one was, was close. That's true. It did kind of hinge on round one, probably, from most observers. But I thought, you know, one thing that stood out to me when I was watching this fight was near the end of the fight, Joe Rogan, I thought, said it best, is that Condit was more successful with his game plan than Diaz was. So that's why I thought it kind of represented for me very well the fact that Condit got the win. Because he went out there and said, I'm going to kick his legs out. I'm going to limit his momentum. He's not going to be able to trap me at the cage. I'm going to reset. I'm going to make him pay for it. 
and he did that. It took him a while. You you, start, you didn't really see the master plan until later on in the fight, but I thought it was a perfect game plan. It worked out really well. I can't argue with the game plan. I'm I just expected the Carlos Condit that we were used to leading up to him earning the title fight, but he executed very well. Yeah, no question. The fact that he was able to go out there and be completely tactical and successful, I think that speaks to his ability as a fighter. I think that was that's almost more impressive that he was able to do that. He fought smart against Nick Diaz. Nick may have thought he was going to come in wild and just have a brawl with him, which I mean Diaz would welcome in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think he probably wins that fight, and I'm sure Condit knew that. Not that he can't knock people knock people out with one shot, but you just didn't see it that much uh, throughout Nick's career. It was a good fight. I don't think it was a great fight. No, it was it was good. I, I, there weren't any real high spots, but I I appreciated the tactical battle. Like sometimes when you say a tactical battle about an MMA contest, it's almost like a backhanded compliment, and I mean this in a most complimentary way. I thought it was a good tactical fight. Obviously, this was an interim welterweight title fight, and the winner went on to face George St. Pierre, in this case, Condit. So he fought a healthy GSP in November, lost a clear decision, but he put GSP in trouble in the third round, right, Dan? This third round, he lands a crazy big left head kick, drops GSP, and GSP's in a ton of trouble. He's taking a bunch of strikes. This is the most trouble we've seen GSP in since he tapped his strikes against Matt Serra. But that was his only moment from the fight. It, that was that was a blowout. So obviously Condit lost that one. So GSP went on. And his next opponent ended up being Nick Diaz, who had a very eventful 13 months. Diaz it sure looked like he retired in the cage after he lost to Condit. He says, I think I'm done with this MMA. Ended up popping for marijuana metabolites in the post-fight drug test. So Nevada State Athletic Commission has to suspend him for a year and fine him 30% of his purse. And then he gets the immediate title shot a month after his suspension has expired. Crazy. Uh, everyone wanted that fight, though. Well, of course they did. But it's just it's so funny because even though he lost the fight and the judges all thought he lost, a lot of the media members thought he lost, I thought he lost. But nonetheless, yeah, Diaz got the fight and he lost a clear decision. So that's a wrap for this episode of the Couchside Judges. In next week's shows, we'll put a pair of controversial title fights to the test both of which were won by planned UFC 249 co-headliners Henry Cejudo and Dominic Cruz. We'll look ahead to that event late next week as well, if it's still happening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Couchside Judges, as well as myself at DanUrbanMMA. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to be alerted to new episodes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay healthy and stay See ya. Healthy.